You are listening to Sober Gratitude's podcast, bonus series, A Dose of Hope in Sobriety and Recovery from Alcoholism or Addiction. My name is Sarah, and I am a sober alcoholic. I created this podcast as a means to be of service to you. I'm so grateful you decided to join me today, and I pray you receive this gift of hope that a comfortable, peaceful, and fulfilling life is possible after we put down the bottle for good. How do you want your obituary to read? Okay, I know, I know, this sounds like anything but hopeful. But please stay. Don't leave. I promise by the time we finish this episode, you will understand how this question was incredibly inspiring and motivating to me after I got sober. Towards the end of my drinking career, I would wake daily, 100% convinced this would be day one of sobriety. But every day by 4 p.m., give or take a couple of hours, I found myself face-to-face with the obsession to drink yet again. And I'd say, okay, okay, just one. I can do it. I can do it this time. But as soon as that first sip flowed down my throat and melted through my veins, I became locked in a jail cell wrapped in chains where I couldn't stop drinking. I failed yet again. You see, I had no off switch. Drinking alcohol by that point was like Instagram's infinite scroll. I couldn't stop scrolling. My drinking had no end. It only ended when I passed out. As I did this day after day after day after day, I would muster up my willpower that I believed I would eventually stop. Little did I realize I lost all power over the first drink. My obsession was just too strong. So what I believe to be divine intervention was when I woke up one morning in my severely hungover state and that obituary question popped into my mind. When it did, I began to cry. Prone in defeat in my hangover fortress, I started writing out my obit in my mind. At first, I was just blank. But then I thought, quote, she was the most successful drunk ever to exist. That was all I could come up with. And I cried even harder. So 
Too miserable and sick with hangover, I couldn't think of anything else. I whimpered because full-blown wailing, what I felt like doing, I knew would make my headache worse. But over the course of that day, I kept going back to how my obit would read if I died still drinking like I was drinking. So I'd like to share with you that list that I came up with over the course of that day and how it didn't, it didn't help me stop that day, but ultimately it did save my life. It was one of the many nuggets that was thrown at me to get to a place of complete and utter surrender. So this is my list. Sarah was a superior overdrinker. She had poor self-esteem. She was usually sad, lonely, jealous, cried often, often irritable and discontent, lost, confused, overwhelmed, harbored suicidal tendencies more often than not, yet was terrified of dying and leaving her children motherless. Okay, as depressing and somber a task it was, this list became a catalyst or a nugget, like I said, for a willingness and desperation to change. It was one of those nuggets I held on to that brought me to the day I Googled local recovery meetings or Googled where to find local recovery meetings. That was the day when I finally set my ego aside and reached out for help. In that moment, unknowingly, I was blessed with the power to forever alter how I wanted my obituary to read. I learned about a new and better design for living where I learned new coping skills and how to let go of things I could not control. I was blessed with the gift of choice to purposefully change who I wanted to be and how I wanted to show up for others. So in this fellowship, the process sometimes felt slow, but it was always worth it. I could feel myself changing in my attitudes and my behaviors. I felt lighter because a huge weight was removed from my back. The key to the jail cell where I was led into every day at 4 p.m. was discovered and I unlocked that gate and left for good. I finally believed I was capable of existing outside of that jail cell and I entered a more peaceful realm. My new life felt better, more comfortable, more relaxed and calm. I developed this new ability of self-awareness, self-acceptance, and self-love. I learned how to pause before acting impulsively. Reacting to situations defensively or angrily turned into responding with curiosity and compassion. I stopped playing the victim role, explaining how and complaining that my life was so difficult, 
I listened to and learned from people in a fellowship who had once been where I was at. They supported and encouraged me. They suggested new gentle tools to use in situations that had always confused and frustrated me to no end. I heard stories that were exactly like mine. And by that, I mean stories of shared feelings. You see, I learned how to identify with people's stories rather than compare. Comparing held me back. Had I compared my drinking behaviors with other people's drinking behaviors and their stories, I would not, I would have used that as an excuse as to why I was not an alcoholic. For example, at my first, my very first meeting, I heard from a former inmate, an active alcoholic, form, former active alcoholic, who in a blackout had bashed someone's skull into the bar at a restaurant and killed him. This sober man spent a long time in jail before he and I sat in the same circle where I heard the entire story at my first recovery meeting. I could have very easily walked out that day thinking, I've never murdered anyone. This sobriety shit isn't for me. My drinking isn't that bad. Fortunately, I identified with his feelings. He also felt sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. He also felt frustration of having no stop button after the first sip of his booze. He also wanted to die, but feared death. He too felt his life didn't matter and questioned his existence. The more stories I heard, the more I felt incredibly connected to this new community that Google helped me discover. I felt less alone. I felt understood. I cried when I heard other stories. Some people did have it far worse than me, but we still felt the same. I saw other People recover from the seemingly hopeless, helpless state of body and mind, and it gave me inspiration and hope that perhaps I could do it too, but with the help of other recovered alcoholics and a power greater than myself. Today, if I were to write my own obituary, it would be totally different. It would list nothing from the list I shared with you earlier. Maybe, maybe it would read something like this. Sarah was a loving, sensitive, and compassionate wife, mother, daughter, and friend who cared deeply about helping others who also struggled with their relationship with alcohol. She lived in gratitude on a daily basis, excited for what the day would bring and fearless about how to handle problems that might show up. She trusted that her God-given intuition would help her. She would get bored very easily sitting in her own shit, playing old tapes of mistakes she made, 
or making up fear-filled stories about the future. She came to realize in sobriety that by doing that, she was wasting valuable time where she could instead be of service to others. Sarah goes to bed grateful. Well, if it was the obituary, I'd say Sarah would go to bed grateful that she was still sober, no longer haunted by her past. She stopped fearing the future because she trusted that she had the power to choose how to respond. I said that before. She would wake daily asking her higher power how she could serve others in this new life that she was blessed with. She learned how to practice self-care and how to give thanks in the form of action to the higher power that saved her life. Her I have to's turned into I get to do. She finally entered a place of existence where she felt her life was important enough to be saved from the cunning and baffling disease of addiction. She stopped looking at herself as talentless and dumb. Instead, she grew to accept her abilities as unique and valuable, even if they're not tangible. She chose to use her gifts with good intention and on purpose to continue to evolve and focus on what she believes, what matters most in this world, to love and be loved unconditionally, to help others and never forget that she got a second chance to live a life of authenticity, integrity, kindness, and gratitude. Reading what my obituary might look like today is mind-blowing. I never believed I would ever want to live the way I live today, nor did I think I was capable. So I share this not to brag, but rather show you how drastically a person can change if they are willing to, or at least, or even just willing to be willing to go to any length to get better. I believe you are listening to this episode for a reason. I believe you know deep down what that reason is. And you have the power to heal and change. And all you need to do is let go. There are so many people in this world who want to help you. They want to help you get to that place of healing and recovery learning a new design for living, a healthier design for living, where you don't have to turn to the bottle 
at every turn in your life. I believe it's virtually impossible to do this on your own. This has been my experience. Trust me, I tried countless times over a very long period of time to quit drinking by myself without telling anyone or maybe just telling one person or just saying like, oh, I'm, you know, taking a break for a month with the hopes that when I pick up again, I'll be in better control. But that never worked. In fact, it got worse after I took a long reprieve from drinking because alcoholism is a progressive disease when you're not drinking, your body still thinks you're drinking. And so when you pick up again, you need more to get the same effect. Yeah, it's baffling. It really, you know, it's still kind of hard to understand to this day. But I tested that hypothesis many times. <laughs> I tested that truth many times, not believing it was true. And I realized that it was actually true. So go ahead and Google local recovery meetings. Or go to a place where you know there's recovery. G go to a community a fellowship, a group of people, a meeting, something online that you found in person, a church, a, a, a leader of a religious organization who you trust, a friend, your doctor. Accept the help that you will be offered. And if you're not satisfied, there are countless places to go. If the first place you try doesn't work or you're not comfortable with, trust your gut. But you might just experience something beyond your wildest imagination. That's what happened for me. I always believed that I would die with the obituary that I wrote that one day, short, shortly before I fully surrendered to my disease. It's not too late to go and allow someone to hold you until you can hold yourself with love. If you're struggling in addiction or in sobriety, I want to tell you that everything's going to be okay. You will be okay. I believe in you. I've included links to resources that can support you in the show notes. And of course, as always, you can email me at sobergratitudes at gmail.com. And I will receive what you send with no judgment. 
Thank you to those who have been writing to me. You inspire me. I'm so grateful to be connected to you and know how you're doing. And I will gladly be a resource for you in any way that I can. If you're comfortable. I really look forward to hearing from you. So be well. Take good care of yourself. Believe that you are worth a beautiful life in sobriety. Until next time. Bye for now. I'm so glad you decided to join me today for another dose of hope and sobriety. I hope what I shared offered some value to you because you are an important person and your life matters. If a calmer and more comfortable life in sobriety is something that you want, please be sure to subscribe to my podcast, Sober Gratitudes. I hope you have a wonderful day and look forward to meeting with you next time. Bye.